Our sinful, mortal, fleeting life puts us in a desperate need of not just a judge, but a giver of life. We'll take a look at that person next on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Jesus Christ, the judge and giver of life. As our judge, he condemns us for our sin. But then he turns right around and gives us life, and that more abundantly. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We're continuing here in John chapter 5, looking once again at verses 24 through 30. The message called Christ the Judge and the Giver of Life. Join us and be encouraged today, won't you? Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Faith in Him says, judgment forever is in my past. And when Satan accuses me about my sins, I do what Luther did often. Luther would point to a crucifix in his prayer room, and he would say, Satan, there's my sin. Look him up. He bore it. He paid for it. Look him up. If there's any underpayment, I charge it to the cross. Are you aware that you'll never come under condemnation? It was weird when I first got saved because I was in groups that being saved was on probation because you never knew if you'd make it. You got saved and then you worried yourself uh, sick because you didn't know if you were going to lose it or not. That wasn't much of a salvation. It was just my way to a nervous breakdown. I got saved to probation. I thought, well, God, why start with something you already know is a wretched sinner? I, I didn't say I could save myself. I didn't say I could keep myself. Now, if you can't do it, why did you sign up? I finally cast my hope on that verse that says, now unto him that's able to keep you. And the him there isn't you, honey. The him is outside of you. John 10, I can keep anything I get in my grip. Salvation is not probation. You just live it out because you got the real thing. You know, I don't care what label Christian you happen to grow up around. I don't, I, I've been around all kinds of believers. I went to so many different schools, different Mennonites, free will Baptists, uh, regular Baptists, irregular Baptists. Uh, you know, it, it didn't matter. I, I've been around all kinds of groups, Pentecostal people. And guess what? The ones who ever met him are still continuing with him in spite of their label and in spite of their theology. Because sheep just follow. They don't got to get all their labels right. But I'll tell you right now, eternal life makes them follow. Eternal life makes them hear. Don't be talking about all your brothers that got a different label. If they're God's sheep, they love the shepherd as much as you. And what made you so smart? You don't know any more about God than what he's pleased to reveal to you. You ought to be humbled that you know so much and you do so little. It's all a gift. It's a gift. Now, the third thing he says in here that, uh, uh, by the way, don't you love this? You won't be condemned. You've crossed over from death to life. I love it. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. That verse has bugged me for years. I just, I struggle with John 5 
Because right now he's talking about a spiritual resurrection. The time is coming, but there's a resurrection that's happening right now. And what is that? The resurrection of Ephesians 2.1. I am going to change and give eternal life to men right now before the resurrection of the body in the future. I am giving eternal life. And what's the theme of this book? This book was written that you might know who Christ is and that by believing in him, you would have eternal life. Who gives you eternal life? He that has the Son has. And where would you find that? John what? There's 21 chapters in the Gospel, 5 and 1 John 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3 John 1. 1 John 5, 12, 13, and you get credit. Okay. This is an antiphonal church. Kevin and I learned to preach these things together. I pay him an amen. Uh, right here, I tell you the truth. And right now, I'm speaking, and I'm giving men spiritual resurrection, for we are born dead toward God. That's what we often say, well, mankind is sick towards God. We're not sick. We've already died. The sickness was so bad, we've died towards God. And God says, I'll have to resurrect you to even get you so you can hear or believe. Mankind is calamitously lost. Why did you hear his voice and not your buddy? Why you and not your brother and sister in the same family? Why are you the only Christian in your family? You're smarter. God did a work in you that enabled you to hear him, enabled you to follow him. He goes on to say uh, that God has given the son, he repeats from previous, he says, He's given him all authority to judge in verse 27 because he is the son of man. Daniel 7, 13 calls him the son of man, the stone hewn out of the mountain without hands that will demolish Gentile world powers. This man will actually set up a kingdom that will take hold of the earth, a prophecy of Messiah. But Christ, it's amazing to me that Christ will be the judge before whom all men, unsaved on one side, saved on the other, will stand. Saved will stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ as he evaluates their life's works. And uh, he will appraise, what did you do since I saved you? And he's going to appraise that. In that judgment, he doesn't judge my person, he judges my works. And uh, he evaluates whether they have worth or whether they're worthless. If it's done for me, if it's done for wrong motives, uh, whatever. Only that which I've done for his glory, in his name, in his strength, will he give a reward and most likely result in a crown which I understand in Revelation, I get to cast at his feet because he really did it through me. But then the unsaved will come before God in the resurrection. And in Revelation 20 says they will stand before the Lord Jesus 
When we say God, it's the Lord Jesus. And they will offer all their reasons for why they never did follow him. But what's interesting, if you read Revelation 20, one book is open and a set of books. In this book is the book of life. Their name is not found. Over here is a list of all their life's doings, their sins, maybe their philanthropy, who knows. And based upon this, Christ meets out sentences. But if Revelation 20 tells the whole story, nobody at this trial says anything but him. Nobody talks at the white throne judgment but Christ. The books do all the talking. I do not find any record that you've been born again. I have no record that you're my sheep, that you're my child. So that's a big absentee. The book is blank over here. I can't find your name. But over here, I've been recording every sin you've done from the time you were old enough to know you were sinning. I've got a record of everything you've done in secret, what you've done with wrong motives. I've got every bad word, every secret of the heart, everything that you know that maybe nobody else knows about you. And based upon this, according to John 3, you love this list more than you love the judge judging you. For you wouldn't come to me because you wanted to do the things on this list. Men do not come to the light for they love their own darkness, which is their sins. And these are the sins for which you traded me for an eternal banishment. It will not be the father. It will be the son that talks to a Hitler, talks to a Mussolini, that talks to every atheist, every nice person that would not come to the Lord Jesus. This is what you chose over me, and I sentence you to outer darkness, the lake of fire. This is the second death of which there is no reversal. He's the judge. Then he says in verse 28 and 29, I am the resurrection, and I will resurrect. And there are two kinds of resurrection. One pertaining to believers called the resurrection unto life. A second kind of resurrection is the resurrection of the unsaved, and it's unto death, the second death. And he says, he, don't marvel that I can give you life now. The time is coming when everything in the grave, listen to what he says, do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Men are not saved because they do good or bad. This is not a resurrection based on merit, but it is the character change that comes in the save. We're saved by grace, but this grace that saves has saved us unto holiness, has saved us unto a life of good works. So he said, 
Those who behave right are my sheep. Those who misbehave toward me aren't my sheep. How are you behaving? How are you behaving? Quit claiming to knowing and living like hell. You're not going to heaven and live like hell. You start living heavenly while you're going to heaven. We've been born again to live a new kind of life. We're the changed people. Are you wallowing? It'd be, Jesus said, let me tell you who the wise man is. He hears these sayings of mine and he does them. The foolish man that built on sand hears all the sermons in church, but he never does them. He's a sermon taster, and the sermons may come up on the list. You heard Howard preach June 24th, who my son is, and he's the only one that could save, and you wrote it up as a nice thing, you went to church, but you never believed. Don't tell me you never heard. Don't tell me you never heard. And even those who perish without law, according to Romans, their conscience will be accusing them on this day so that one thing you walk away from the white throne judgment is this. He, the judge, is talking, and the whole world is men that have been tried and found guilty under a rigged jury cannot be quiet. But when the evidence is overwhelming and the judge is before you and he's saying, in all of your choices, I was the one you rejected. I'm the judge. And amazing to me, God is going to resurrect everybody that has ever perished, ever died, in order to go into heaven for eternity. We go to be with the Lord immediately, but to have a brand new body for eternity. And even the unsaved will be raised to come and stand before God to be judged and to bear our sentence. One of the most tragic stories that I have read about is Lee Strobel in his book, The Case for Faith, tells about an interview he set up in Toronto, Canada with a man by the name of William Temple. William Temple met Billy Graham when he was around 33 because they both worked at Youth for Christ. William Temple was considered the better preacher of the two young men. Both of them were being bombarded by liberalism and by saying the Bible could not be the word of God. Henrietta Mears, the feisty little Christian ed uh, leader down in Southern California, Hollywood Press, she kept working on Billy Graham and telling him the Bible is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And Billy Graham, with all of his doubts, went to Forrest's home camp and was there, and he said he wrestled with God at Forrest's home that year, just before the L.A. crusade that made him a household name. And in that wrestling match, he finally abandoned himself and said, I don't know all the answers. I can't eliminate all the tensions, but I must cast myself on a Bible I believe is accurate. I will stake my future on the Word of God. And God gave him a phenomenal crusade in the 50s in the L.A. area. After that, William Temple was convinced 
by the liberals. The Bible was not the Word of God. He only came out with two things. If there is a God, he should be loving, but I find that he's quite unloving if this is his world. And men ought to love one another. He abandoned the faith and began to write books against the faith. And Lee Strobel went up to Toronto to interview him when he was 83 years old, dying of Alzheimer's, and wanted an interview. And as he talked with him, he was saying, uh, do you buy the faith? No, the faith is uh, you have to cast in your brains to believe Christianity. What do you think of Billy Graham? Well, I feel sorry for him, though I found him to be the grandest person I ever met. But I feel sorry for his mindless stupidity of still preaching the gospel. And as uh, Lee was interviewing him, a very sick man at the time, he asked him, uh, what did you think of Jesus Christ? He was the greatest human being who has ever lived. He was a moral genius. His ethical sense was unique. He was the intrinsically wisest person that I've ever encountered in my life or in my readings. What could anyone say about him except that he was great? Strobel says, you sound like you really care about him. Well, yes. He's the most important thing in my life, came his reply. I, 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 he stuttered, searching for the right word. I know it may sound strange, but I have to say, I adore him. You say that with some emotion, Mr. Templeton. Yes, everything good I know, everything decent I know, Everything pure I know, I learned from Jesus. Yes, yes, and tough. Just look at Jesus. He castigated people. He was angry. Uh, he cared for the oppressed. He was the greatest human being that ever lived. And so you think the world should emulate him. Oh, my goodness, yes. I've tried, but I've failed. And as Mr. Templeton waited, he said, in my view, he is the most important human being who has ever existed. And when Templeton uttered these words, he did what I never expected. As he began to talk, his voice began to crack, and he said, I miss him. With that, tears flooded his eyes. He began to sob, and then he left, lifted his left hand to wipe his tears and he tried to get his composure, and he said, I miss him, I miss him, I miss him, but I can't follow him. Jesus, whether you ever come to know him or not, even his critics say there's never been one like him. God said he's more than a nice man, a philosopher. He is the God-man. He's equal to the Father. He can create. He will judge. He will resurrect. He's the only one that can deliver us from divine penalty. And he's the only one that can give you eternal life. You can be a churchman. You can be here week after week. Some of you may have left him. Some of you thought you knew him, but you walked away. The only proof we'll ever know that you're his is that you're following. 
today. And some of you are here, maybe in brokenness, sadness, and the pressures of life make church even sound like a good option on Sunday morning. Maybe someone can talk to my soul. Well, the Lord Jesus is the only one that can heal you. The philosophy department can't heal you. The psych department can't. And therapy won't do it. He is the only physician of the soul that can make you well for eternity. Only Christ. Only Christ. I beg of you, I beseech you, come to Christ, and he'll give you eternal life. He'll erase judgment. And I have to ask you Christians this. Hear me well. I was reading uh, Psalms 18, and David said, I want to approach God's altar. I'm going to make sure here, bear with me, that I have the right verse. If not, you don't know it anyway. I'll just have to make sure for the second message. Oh, Psalms 43, listen to this. Then will I go to the altar of God, hear me now, to God, my joy and my delight, I will praise you with a harp, oh God, my God. And as I was praying yesterday, I just thought, if I wonder how most saints Look, if they think about, let's say you're going home. When I got married, and I could not wait to go back and see mom and dad. I always loved that. And I never had this image. In my mind, I'd warn my mother so she could bake a pie. Didn't want to catch her off guard. <laughs> and I told them I never would give up refrigerator rights, married or not. And my father... I always thought going home represented a huge smile, a welcome, special food. And I thought, David is saying here, or Asaph, I can't wait to go to God because he's my joy and my delight. Let me ask you this. Not until you know your sins are forgiven and judgment is passed will you want to run to God because the fear of God will diminish enough that he's become your delight and your joy. Some believers, you can't tell they're believers because they stay guilty all the time because they think it atones. It does not atone. We are not the guilty anymore. We are the forgiven. And we ought to be saying, I'm running to a God with a smile on his face and a delight. Why? Because the Lord Jesus satisfied his outraged holiness against me. It has been dealt with thoroughly, completely, and I need to run to God. I need to run to God. In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, he writes, Therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, he says, these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And at the end of the day, that's what our series through the book of John is all about, that you would believe, that you would have life in his name. You have questions? We might have some answers. If not, we definitely have access to the one who does through prayer. We'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to get in touch with us. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, maybe you'd like to 
listen to today's program again or obtain the entire series, well, feel free to get a hold of us at 855-833-9864. Again, that's a toll-free call, 855-833-9864. Otherwise, you can visit our website, valleybible.org. We have resource materials available there, books, as well as information about who we are and what we believe. If you'd like to join us for worship at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our service time and location and directions can all be found again at valleybible.org. Or if you wish to speak with someone again, call 855-833-9864. Now, if you are writing to us, especially if you are planning to be a TFT sustainer, supporting the ministry financially as you're being blessed day by day here from Truth For Today. Well, you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. Now, as a TFT sustainer, we'd like to remind you that no gift is too small, no gift is too large. And as you partner with us, please remember that your tax-deductible donation all goes back into the ministry, 100%. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, our annual special gift, and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. Plus, also the benefit of knowing that this ministry will continue here on KFAX Monday through Friday as well as Sunday. So contact us today, 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 